0: If you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, join me in the Gospel of Luke. We are going to be in the Gospel of Luke today. And we're just going to look at the first couple verses of gospel, the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. And as you're turning there, let me just explain a little something to our kids this morning. All right, kids, so today's special Bible word is the word Father. All right. So today's special Bible word is father. So every time you hear the word father, keep a tally of how many times you hear the word father. And after the gathering this morning, all right, come up and tell me how many times you heard the word father. And you can pick a little prize out of our glorious prize box. All right. So today's special Bible word is father. The word father is in the Bible. Keep a tally of how many times you hear that word And afterward, come up to me, tell me how many times you heard the special Bible word Father, and you'll get something from the prize box, okay? So let me ask everybody else a question here. So when it comes to praying, what words, thoughts, emotions, images come to mind? When it comes to praying, what words, thoughts, emotions, images come to mind? Discuss that, kind of form a huddle with the people around you, and talk about that to share with one another when it comes to praying what words thoughts emotions come to mind talk about that together all right so when it comes to praying what thoughts words emotions come to mind let's share a little bit peace powerful okay surrender yes they pray in kung fu panda that's right that's true that's good you're right they do that's awesome. What else? Communication. I love it. Reverence. Reverence. Okay, anybody else? Sharing your heart, all right. So can I share, share with you what it came to my mind? I feel like a, everything that you guys said, I've, I'm just going to be open with you. Um, here's the words that came to my mind. Work. Hard struggle. So when I think of praying, that's what I think of. Maybe you can relate, maybe you can't, I don't know. But prayer's hard for me. Having some kind of time of concentrated prayer is very difficult for me. And I've shared this in the past with you guys before, right? Like I can start praying and my mind just goes a bazillion different places. Work is, or prayer is hard. It's work. It's a struggle. And like every year, I always want to feel like I want to grow in my prayer life. I just, I, I just want to. I don't really know how, but I want to. And if you're like me and you want to grow maybe in your prayer life, in the spiritual rhythm practice of, of praying, I think a safe place to start would be by looking at the prayer life of Jesus. Because what we're going to see today is that there was something about the way Jesus prayed that made those who followed him want to pray just like him. There was something about the way Jesus prayed that made those who followed him want to pray just like him. And that's what we kind of want to look at. So what was it? What is it about the way Jesus prayed that should kind of move us to want to pray too? That's what I want us to see this morning in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. So let's read it and then we'll unpack it together. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, Luke, the gospel writer, more than any other gospel writer, records the prayer life of Jesus. And as you go through the Gospel of Luke, you see him kind of describing Jesus praying in different types of places. He talks about Jesus often going to isolated or desolate places to pray, going to mountainsides to pray. He records how Jesus spent an entire night. Can you imagine spending trying to spend an entire night in prayer? And he would often talk about how the disciples would often join Jesus. In prayer. And it's fascinating if you study the Gospel of Luke, kind of highlight the times when Luke highlights the prayer life of Jesus. And one, thing that, one of the things that we see here in the Gospel of Luke is that prayer was a, a regular rhythm, spiritual rhythm or practice of Jesus. Jesus had this ongoing relationship with prayer. And the Apostle Paul talks about that too, right? In one of his letters to the Thessalonians, he says, Pray without ceasing. There's a sense that we should have this ongoing relationship with prayer. So do you? Do I? Do you have an ongoing relationship with prayer? Is it a regular practice or spiritual rhythm in your life? And so Jesus is praying in this certain place and when he finished all right, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So Jesus is praying. It's one of those moments when they're listening to him pray. And as soon as he's done, as soon as Jesus is done praying, teach us how to do that. We, whatever you just did, teach us how to do that. We want to we learn how to pray like you just prayed. So as soon as he's done. They, they, they make this request. And what's the request? The request is, Lord, teach us to pray. And they're like, as John taught his disciples. And if you remember, there's a couple of disciples with Jesus who are transfers from the University of John the Baptist to the University of Jesus, right? One of those is Andrew, all right? So you got this transfer student from the University of John the Baptist. He goes to the University of Jesus. And he's like, hey, at the university I was at, they taught us how to pray. Now I'm with you. Can you teach us here to pray, too? All right, and so one of those is Andrew, and they're like, it just makes sense that now we're following you, Rabbi Jesus. Hey, you know, when we were back at that school, they taught, we've just heard you pray. Teach us how to do that. And they make this request, teach us how to pray. And my heart so resonates with that request. It so deeply wants that. I'm like, yes, Jesus, teach me how to pray. I want to learn how to pray. I want that because my heart longs for it. Right? My thoughts get so easily distracted when I sit down to pray. I start thinking about all the different things i got to do during the day. And all I find myself doing is ask, 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 ask. I don't spend time praising you. And then I feel guilty. And I have all these unrealistic, ex- unrealistic expectations about, about my prayer life. And then when I don't meet those unrealistic expectations, I feel guilty. So my prayer life is hard. It's work. It's struggle. I feel guilty. Throw that at what, what part of that motivates anyone to want to pray? None. So what is it about the prayer life of Jesus that makes those who follow him want to pray like him? It's interesting. I've been reading this book um, by Tyler Statton called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. It's a book I got for Christmas. Usually every Christmas I ask for different books. At least one of them is going to be about prayer because I want to grow in this. And he brought something out about the disciples that I'd never really thought about before. And... um, he talks about how the disciples, they knew how to pray. They're Jewish. They would have heard their mom and dad pray all the time at Passover, at different religious festivals. They would have heard rabbis praying in the synagogues. They would have heard the high priest praying at temples. They would have heard, who knows how many, hundreds of prayers. So they would have at least learned how to pray from just listening. They would have probably prayed many prayers themselves. They recited prayers when they were kids. And so it's not that they didn't know how to pray or hadn't heard people pray before. So what was it here? There's something about the way Jesus prays that makes them ask this question, Lord, teach us to pray. And it's interesting. That's the only time in Scripture where we're, I think, where the, the disciples specifically asked Jesus to teach them something. They don't, you never see the disciples that say, Jesus, teach us how to worship. Teach us how to do this. Teach us how to, you know, grow a church. Teach us how to do this. But what they do say is, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Interesting. Interesting. As a kid growing up, some of you may remember the Harlem Globetrotters. Have you guys ever heard of that? The Harlem Globetrotters, okay, basketball team. So this is dating me. But. Back in the day, the coolest era ever, all right, 70s and 80s, um, we had what we called Saturday morning cartoons, people. It was pretty sweet. So every Saturday, I'd wake up, watch me some killer Saturday morning cartoons, and then usually after Saturday morning cartoons, they would have the Harlem Globetrotters on TV. And I loved the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team. There was something incredible about this team. They did all these super basketball tricks and everything. And, and I loved playing basketball as a kid. I knew how to play basketball. I'd often go over next door to my neighbor. They had a basketball hoop, and I would shoot hoops. I knew how to dribble a basketball. But there was this one guy on the Harlem Globetrotters. His name was Curly Neal. And that dude could dribble a basketball like I'd never seen before. Incredible. You can YouTube it later. Not right now, but you can YouTube it later and, and watch Curly Neal dribble the basketball. Fascinating. The way he could do it, he could slide on the floor and dribble. It was incredible, and I was like, "I want, I want to learn how to dribble the basketball like Curly Neal." So I'd grab my basketball and I'd go outside and try. And no matter how hard I tried, I could never dribble the basketball like Curly Neal. But there was something about Curly Neal and the way he dribbled the basketball; it was different. He dribbled differently, and I think it's the same when it comes to Jesus praying. Jesus prayed differently. He prayed differently, so much so that disciples are like, after he finished praying, teach us how to pray like you. We want to pray like that. In that book, the author says this. He says, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he wasn't teaching them to pray more or pray harder, but rather to pray differently. Teach us to pray, the implication being to pray the way you do it, Jesus. So what was it? What is it about The way Jesus prayed that makes those who follow him want to pray just like him. I think it's found in what Jesus says next in verse 2. So they say, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say what? Everybody, what is it? Father. Father. When you pray, say, Father. I think that's it. I think that's it. You see, Jesus prayed differently, so much so that in a way the disciples had never heard anyone address God as Father. It was incredibly unique. It would have been revolutionary for those disciples. If you've ever read the book Knowing God by J.I. Packer, this is what he has to say in a section in that book. I highly recommend it. He says, if you want, listen to this. This is incredible. He says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life. It means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. For everything that Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctively Christian as opposed to merely Jewish is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name for God. So what does Jesus mean here by the word father? Now, the Bible was originally written in three languages. What were those three languages? Somebody tell me one of them. Hebrew, primarily the Old Testament, right, written in Hebrew. What's another one? Greek, all right, primarily the New Testament. But there is a third one. Do you know this third language that the Bible is written in? Say it. Aramaic, right, Aramaic. This is the third language that the Bible was written in. Now, Aramaic was like the everyday spoken language, of Jews, especially Jesus. Jesus would have spoken Aramaic. It was kind of the everyday language that they would speak to one another. And the word that Jesus, or the Aramaic word that Jesus uses here for Father is the Aramaic word Abba, A-B-B-A, Abba. Can you say Abba? Abba. Jemesih? Abba. Abba. Okay, cool. Abba. So Jesus saying Abba. When you pray, say Abba. Yes, Abba. And so the word Abba was like just an everyday word Jewish kids would use to call dad. It, It was a word that just spoke of warmth and love and security and care and family. It was deeply personal and intimate, yet respectful at the same time. And so Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, say, Abba, and think about the relationship between Jesus and the Father. Think about, remember that time when Jesus gets baptized, right? Jesus is baptized, the spirit comes down, I'm like in the form of a dove, and comes upon Jesus, and and then the heavens open, and a voice from heaven, right, calls out and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I kind of picture it like this. I picture it like the Father is like sitting in the stands of heaven, and he's watching his son down on the court. And the son gets baptized and like the father stands up in the stands like, that's my boy. Yes. And I picture that. That's the kind of relationship that they have. They're like, yes. Like stands up in the stands of heaven. He's like, that's, that's my son. And he's so excited. And that sometimes we just kind of, we sanitize all this stuff. Like, no, it's deeply personal and affectionate that the, the relationship between the father and the son And over 70 times in the Gospels, Jesus refers to the Father. He calls God the Father. The only time when Jesus does not refer to God as the Father is when he is on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because it's in that moment when there's separation because in that moment, the Son is bearing your sin and my son and the Father has to turn his his head away. It's only time. And if you read John 17, which is Jesus' longest recorded prayer, you see this relationship between Jesus and the Father. And Jesus talks to the Father and he says, I can't wait to be back in your presence. I can't wait to come home and be with you. And he talks about how he knows that the Father has loved him since forever. And he calls the Father holy and righteous there's this deeply personal, intimate, yet respectful relationship between Jesus the Son and his Father in heaven. And the disciples would have heard that when they heard Jesus praying. They would have heard that kind of relationship. And so I, I think when they hear that, they're like, I want that kind of relationship too. I want that kind of relationship too. I mean, it was incredibly... There's to our knowledge, there's no record in ancient writings where um, Jewish people in the Old Testament referred to God as Father. God was too distant. That's too personal of a word to describe God in that way. And so for the disciples to hear Jesus refer to God as Father would have been groundbreaking for them, revolutionary. And so try to put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a moment, right? Right? They're like, whoa, we're hearing, we're hearing Jesus refer to God as Father? We want that too. And look what Jesus says. He says in verse 11, He says, And when you pray, you, when you pray, you say, Father. Do you understand what Jesus is saying in that? What he is communicating? When he says, When you pray, they're like, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, okay, let me teach you how to pray. When you pray, say Father. And He's talking to all of them because the you there is plural. Do you see what Jesus is saying here, people? He is saying that his Father can be your Father too. That the the same kind of relationship that Jesus has with the Father, he's giving to you. That's why Jesus came, was to give you that kind of relationship with the Father. That's amazing. And so if you're the disciples, imagine what you might be thinking or feeling, right? They might be thinking, you mean to tell me That the God in heaven, the one who spoke the stars into space, the God who chose to form a people for himself from our ancestor Abraham, the God who met Moses in the burning bush and said, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. You mean the God who, when Isaiah saw him, said, basically, I deserve to die? You mean the same God who like knocked down the walls of Jericho, who, who, who rescued Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den? You mean that's the God who rescued our people from Babylonians and Persians and all these people? And you mean the God that only the high priest was able to walk into once a year and talk with? You mean that God I can call Abba? And Jesus is like, yeah, yes, you can. How? How is that possible? Gospel of John, Jesus tells us. Some of us may have this verse memorized. John fourteen six. Jesus says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. But there's more to that no man can come to the father but through me you see jesus came so that you could have the same kind of relationship with the father that he has it's incredible so that in the same way he refers to god as abba you can refer to him as abba as well go to ephesians chapter 2 verses 13 through 18. I just want us to see this. Ephesians 2 13 through 18. Because, see, every time you pray, it should lead you to praise. Because the only way you are able to refer and call God Abba is because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross through the gospel. That's it, that's why He came. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross Thereby killing the hostility, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. And here we go. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Through Jesus, you have access to the same Father. You can talk to the Father in the same way Jesus does. You have the same kind of relationship. That's incredible. Galatians chapter 4, go there. Galatians chapter 4, let's look at this again. Verses 4 through 6. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying what? Abba, Father. See, the birthmark that shows that you're the fathers is the spirit When you receive Christ as Savior, you receive the Spirit, and the Spirit is like the birthmark that identifies you as a child of the Father. And because of what Christ has done for you, and because He has put His Spirit as the birthmark on you, you too can call God Abba and talk to Him like a dad, intimate and personal and honest and yet respectful. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 talks about, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we might become the children of God. How loving of the Father that he would do that. It's as if the Father says, I want you to be able to call me Father so much. And I want, you, I want to be able to call you my child so much that I'm going to actually sacrifice my own son for us to have this relationship. That's how much it's going to cost me. That The payment for the adoption was the price of Jesus on the cross so that you could call God Abba. And I'm telling you, personally, this is helping me in my prayer life. As I approach Abba, as I talk to him as father, I'm not just talking to somebody in, in the sky. I'm talking to my dad, my heavenly dad. And I'm able to just express my heart to him. And it might feel awkward at times. It feels awkward at times for me if I'm honest. But I feel like the very act of praying leads me to praise because I know I'm not capable of talking to God as Abba Father were it not for the price of Jesus. And so every time we pray, it should lead us to praise and thank Jesus for his sacrifice. So we can have that kind of relationship. And it's, it's if the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, you want to learn how to pray like me? Then begin with the relationship with God as your father. Because that's who I'm talking to. And you can have the same kind of relationship with him as I do. Now, I can't listen. I understand that maybe talking to God... Like, Father, might be difficult, especially if your earthly father wasn't around or was distant. It might be a struggle at first to relate with God as your father. Or maybe the, the other end of the spectrum, maybe you had a great relationship with your dad. I had a great relationship with my dad. I, and it's still a struggle for me. Because in some ways, when I talk to God like my dad, I'm like, I feel like kind of disrespecting my earthly dad in some ways. So th- it's a struggle, I think, either way. But he's saying, no, 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 listen, if you're struggling with talking with God as Father, as Abba, just remember this, that this Father Jesus is inviting you to be in relationship with is the Father who knew you first. He's the Father who knew you first. Psalm 139 talks about that. And not only is he the Father who knew you first, he's the one whom you reflect. You look like your dad. You have his image all over you, Genesis 1:26 and 27. He's the father who formed you first. He's the father who you look like because you're made in his image. He's the father who created you and formed you inside your mama's belly. And he's the father who wanted to adopt you into his family so much so he's willing to give up his firstborn son to have you in his family. I love what John Calvin said. He says this. You see, God is not only a father, but by far the best and kindest of all fathers. I love that. And that's who you get to talk to when you pray. You're just talking to the best and kindest of all fathers. You see, there's something about the way Jesus prayed that moves those who follow him to pray. What is it? That God is your father for those who believe. Just talk to him like that. It's beautiful. And it's it's how he wants you to talk to him. It's how Jesus, Jesus says, when you pray, say Father. Jesus wants you to talk to the Father like he's your Father. That's why he says, when you pray, say Abba. So we got to work on this. Start talking to God like he's your Father because he is if you know him. And so let me ask you this question. What would it look like if you began to pray more like you're talking to the best and kindest of all fathers? What would it look like if your prayer life became more like talking to the best and kindest of all fathers? All right, how, how might that impact how you pray? As the band comes, just take a moment to talk about that with each other. All right, How, how might it look if praying to God was more like talking with the best And kindest of all fathers. Talking to God is Abba. Talk about that together. All right, let's share a little bit, okay? What were some of the things you shared? What what would it look like if praying to God was more like just talking to the best and kindest of all fathers? Yeah, we wouldn't be fearful of saying things that maybe we've done wrong. Yeah, it's good. What else? Less formal. Mm-hmm. Easier and more frequent frequent, right? Like just you're talking to Abba. I have some friends that that's how they address God. The first time I heard it, I was like, that's odd. They don't say Heavenly Father, do you ever they say Abba? Abba. First time I'm like, what are then I study this, and I'm like, oh, I get it. They're way farther along the line that, you know, like they get prayer better. Than, like that's so good. I love it. Abba to kind of help them remember who they're talking to. Yeah, anybody else? What would it look like if we just, prayer was more like talking to the best and kindest of all fathers. Be more inclined to ask, yeah. Yeah, it's more enjoyable because you're talking to somebody, you're in a relationship with a person, not to some being in this, this space, this vagueness, right? But now I'm talking to my dad, he just happens to live in, he's in heaven, right? He's heaven, my heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? All right, so let's do this. Stand up with me, okay? We're going to pray. We're all going to pray out loud. But I want you to pray addressing God as father, your Abba. Just talk to him like he's the best and kindest of all fathers because he is, and, and he He made that way possible for you to pray to him like that. His son paid the ultimate price for you to be able to call him and talk with him as father. Right. All right, I'll start and then you just start praying out loud, addressing God as father. Father, I come to you.